Hi, I'm Ronnie Ann Ryan, your go-to intuitive coach bringing real talk to the mystical realm on the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. Feel like the universe or your spirit guides aren't delivering? Maybe you're confused by esoteric lingo or which healing method to try. Well, you're in the right place because who has time for confusion when you're trying to build a business, find love, heal and recover, or leave your partner or job? I'll turn that mumbo jumbo into clear, actionable steps that fit easily into your life. So buckle up, open that heart chakra, and let's cut through the cosmic fluff together, shall we? Good fortune favors the bold and those who aren't afraid to call it like they see it right here on the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. On this episode of the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Barbara Gallagher. This is going to be a magical conversation because Barbara has the unique ability to see the nature spirits and the fairies. And that, to me, is unbelievably magical. I've had some of my own experiences, but first let me tell you a little more about Barb. She's a certified master gardener. She's a certified herbalist and formulator. She makes herbal preparations. She's a certified master naturalist through the Audubon as well. And I've tried some of her herbal remedies for sleep and teas and things like that. And they've been really wonderful. So let's welcome Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Hi. I'm so glad you're here. And this is really one of my favorite topics. I really want to improve my ability to interact with and see all the things that we don't see. You know, all the nature spirits and the elementals and the fairies and whoever's out there. Now, granted, they're not all the same. They're all incredibly different, right? And they have different functions and purposes. And so I have to be a little bit more specific about what I really want. But in the meantime, let's talk about how did you get started communicating with or seeing these otherworldly beings? I'm trying to remember exactly. I can tell you that they've just popped up. I don't know if I saw them as a child and then it was shut down as I grew as an adult. But there are times, I think it started with the dragonflies, to tell you the truth, damselflies. I'd see them and I knew there was something different. But there's so many stories. I don't know how to go back to the first one. I think it might have started before I took classes with Trudy, Trudy Griswold of Angel Speak. Oh, from Angel Speak. Got it. Yes. And she had asked me about the fairies. I don't think she totally understood. But yeah, so I started communicating with through that. So I got to hear more. But I, I used to see them. Geez, just so many different ones in different places. Okay. Recently, you told me that you went into the woods to this park that's one of your favorite places. And you said, oh, yeah, yeah, I usually see things there or whatever. And I actually went with you one day and there was a beautiful like pool that's part of a stream. We sat there for a while and we made an offering. I didn't actually see anything that day, but I'm still helpful. So what do you think is so magical about that place that you've seen so many things there? Oh, I, I don't know. It used to be it used to be like an amusement park with a train that came down through there. So there's the the rails to trails and it brought people from the city down into the country. And I could still see actually some of the people that used to go there. That was the early 1800s. Wow. Um, yeah. So maybe it had something to do with all that joy, you know, because they had a, a luge, the water slides. Oh, yeah. And, and the ice slides and they had, you know, carousels and there's a swimming hole down there. And uh, yeah, all kinds of people would just go and spend the day in the park. 
Yeah, it left a lot of like good vibration, good energy, happiness and joy. That's I never would have thought of that, but that makes so much sense that it a place where a lot of it collected or pooled and um, yes. so it became attractive where people went there and they had fun and they were happy. Yes. Yes. So that could be why there is so much, you know, and and there's so many different types of elements there because there were so many probably different types of people and then the landscape and everything that's there. So let's go over some of the things you've seen because I remember it being sort of a list. So yes. One of the things was, I guess you said you saw the she, which is spelled S-I-D-H-E, right? Yes. Okay, so, so what, what is that exactly? They're descendants of the Tuatha de Danann, which are from the goddess Dianu in Celtic mythology. Okay. So other common names for the she are the shining ones, the good people. They're like a royalty. So when I have seen them, they're they're not like little. They're, you know, tall, long blonde hair dressed in earthen colored clothes and greens and browns. And a little like, is it Lord of the Rings that had yeah. that uh, Orlando Bloom? You know, that kind of look. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He looked awfully good in that. He yeah. looked, you know, it's funny to see him as a blonde, but with those little pointy ears sticking out of the blonde hair. I don't know. I was taken. <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's what they like and i've seen them a lot on horseback for some reason i associate them with a lot of horses which are also one of the psychic animals most psychic of the uh from the animal world really yeah yeah horses can really tell you a lot of information and they're they're very psychic they're very in tune that's so interesting this is off topic but i actually watched a video today is about nine minutes long called wonderment and it was about a woman whose husband had a stroke and he lost his ability to speak and she said his loss of language created greater communication and the first thing he would do every day which is what he did before a stroke was work with his horses and he would go and take care of them at 6 a.m and he would go in the barn and you know get their hay and their water and their oats and take care of them brush them down and look at their feet and check them out every day and so he had a lot of interaction with the horses and they had a lot of communication she said that she learned to communicate with the horses as a result of what yes. her husband had gone through and that they were very intuitive so that and then i had somebody else on this podcast jen t peterson and she is an Equus coach, and she told a lot of stories about how intuitive, but I didn't realize that that, I, I didn't know that if we're all animals naturally intuitive or the horses happen to be more. The, the horses happen to be more. I haven't actually spoken with a lot of horses. I'd like to do more. I actually have a friend who has a horse farm. I'm supposed to go there and, and talk to her about her animals, but yeah, they're all animals are speaking to us all the time telepathically. We're just not open to hearing yeah. it. Yeah, but the, the horses really, really are intuitive. Wow. So you've seen the she on the horses. And now what about... And I have a she guide, too. You have a she guide? Yes. Oh, well. I won't share his name with you, but yes, I do. I have oh, a she right. guide. Is it male or female? It's a male. And we've okay. I guess we've spent many lifetimes together. That's what oh. he tells me. That's very so, cool. Yeah. Does he, so does he help you with... Any aspect of your life you need help with, or is he focused on um, a particular area? He's very um, encouraging. Oh. And it's it's more, I ask him more about like the fairies and things like that. But yeah, he, so he's appeared also and shown me where he was in past lives, which was actually very cool, like two. But I know that there were more. 
and he just gives me guidance. And then the time that I went up to the woods and I was bringing the fairies offerings yeah. in the certain spot, which was like a crossroads, right? Which has higher energy. So it was yeah. where two paths converge. And I bent down and I put down an organic apple as an offering. And I stood up and I was surrounded by hundreds of these little sepia tone beings. And it totally freaked me out because I was surrounded. It came out behind every tree, every shrub, every fern. And they were behind me on the cliff behind me. I was surrounded and they were all walking towards me. Oh my and, gosh. How big? Yeah, and here I've been, I've been so, you know, bringing them offerings and right, stuff. Right. I wasn't expecting. I was overwhelmed. Not expecting a crowd, right? Yeah. It was a huge crowd. So I, I actually, my, everything just shut down and I just got out of there. I was just, I was scared because I was all yeah. alone in the middle of the woods. How big um, were they? They were about two and a half to three feet tall. Okay. Yeah. And they were not pretty, not to be mean. They were just, they really took me by surprise. And then later I went back. But the thing is, is later I went back, I got up the courage to go back and I said, I'm sorry that I ran. <laughs> sorry that you I ran said, away. Yeah. I'm sorry that I ran away because I mean, it was big of them to come out. They had, you know, they'd seen me there over and over. So that was really an honor, but for me, it was scary. So I just said, I just need to see one of you. So then when I sat down and I spoke to one, he was a little bit miffed. And he said, to, and I said to him, I'm sorry, but I was all alone. And he told me, you are never alone. And he turned around and he pointed to my she guide. And yeah. he's like, you know, you always, and he is, he's always, you know, whenever I go into the woods and he always tells me you're safe. Well, that's kind of nice. Yeah, it is. You, but, know, you know, when it's, yeah, when you're alone in the woods, I totally get why you would have freaked out. I mean, I was alone in my backyard and I said, okay, I'm ready to see. And I told Pan, who's the king of the elementals, and they all, hundreds of them started coming out from all the tall grass and stuff at the end of my property. And like you said, like I assumed, you know, every time we see fairies, they're always pretty. Right. Every time they're <laughs> depicted in art and movies or whatever, they're beautiful. And then these weird looking things were out and there was hundreds of them i was so freaked out i'm like no i'm not ready and, and they all turned around and left which i don't blame them and i've never opened myself up like that again because i was that was just too much for me all at once you know like saying oh i just need to see one or two or three of you would have probably been wiser but i didn't know any better right at the time right right and and the thing is though um you actually have to look at is it brian proud or whatever he draws the pictures and some of them and some of them look kind of creepy you have you ever seen any of his yeah. fairies yeah so you have to take that into consideration because I, he's really seeing, I've seen so many different kinds. And I, and I asked later, what was it that I saw? What would you call them? And there's no words in my vocabulary. They said the closest they could come to was a gnome. I know they're not gnomes but because they're earth dwelling. They told me that that was the word, the only word that I had in my vocabulary. So I'm not sure what they're called. Oh, that's so interesting. So you saw the little guys two and a half, three feet tall. And then what's a dryad? Oh, that's like a tree spirit. Every living thing has a spirit that includes, you know, the rocks, the trees, all the plants. We're all, they're all sentient beings. So the tree dryads, they're, they're basically, they're usually with that one tree for their whole life. And yeah, they communicate. Hmm. So it depends. 
they communicate with you they communicate with each other what do you what do you say they communicate with each other all the trees are connected through the roots the mycorrhizum and so when a tree let's say is felled the consciousness will go into the root system so even though it's trying to help maybe growing the new saplings they're always constantly sharing so they're never really gone they're just they've just moved into well, something it's so fascinating that you say that because I, I i know i've told this story before but there was this big tree on the walk that my husband and i used to do all the time and it, I mean, it was massive like we the two of us couldn't put our arms around together it was huge tree. Oh. and they cut it down and i stood i was shocked we were both like almost brought to tears i stood i got up on the stump which was tall and they didn't cut it close to the ground so i had to kind of clamber up there and i stood on the trunk and it was so vibrant I was like, how can this thing have so much energy and be chopped off? And even my husband felt it, which, you know, he's not into the woo like, you know, some of us are. But he said he could feel it, too. Then I watched a documentary about trees and they said that just because the tree is dead doesn't mean it doesn't have any energy left. It still does. And just like you said, it, they start nourishing other trees. They communicate with the other trees. And even when it's rotting, it's not dead. Right. It's still vibrantly alive and nourishing other things. And I was like, oh my gosh, who would have thought that that was still active? It looks dead to us, but it's not. Yeah. So when I was um, in those same woods and I was walking and there was a big tree that had fallen and snapped in half and I, I stopped and I was like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. And that's when I just heard from it, just started speaking to me. And it said, you know, we're not alone like you are. Like you walk alone. We never like walk alone. And like there, he's part of the community. And right. he was just perfectly fine. You know what I mean? He didn't. Yeah. Yes. He didn't. Yeah. Have anything. They uh, they aren't attached probably to anything the way we are. So they just go along right. with whatever's going on, and whatever happens is all part of the plan, and that's fine. Right. They yeah. also say though, I have read where if you tell a tree a couple of days before it gets cut, it's a lot less traumatic, you know, they can prepare. Yeah. Well, That's I do talk to my basil plants before I chop them going, is it okay? I'm going to harvest some of you. And I do. And I, I've also asked my flowers, all right, which one of you are ready to be cut and brought in the house? I figure I might as well take the ones that want to come, right? Not the ones that, that don't want to come. So it's, it's I do that too. Do you? Yeah. It's so interesting. What about stone beings? What are they like? Yeah, so I don't have as much communication with them, but there's these very big out rock outcroppings in these woods, and they're very massive. And I've had the experience of them talking, and they always have like this deep rumbling voice when they're these big, right, beings. And I have experienced whenever you see a tree growing over rocks yes. you know and you see the roots coming down that's uh, an indication of fairy i was really? told that by the celtic shaman yes jane burns uh she told me that and then that's when i started realizing how much in the stone that were there with the trees growing over them how many of them were down there in this rails to trails they were everywhere because there were so many rocks that's so, amazing that yeah. is amazing and you yeah, so keep your eye out for that yeah, you wonder how those trees grow like that. That's another thing, but they do. That is so cool. Just a quick pause before sharing more mystical moments. Are you at a crossroads and unsure which path to take? Or in the midst of a life crisis or difficult life changes? 
Stop the guesswork and endless what ifs. I've been there. Know what I did? I asked the universe for a sign and it worked. Now I'm sharing my too simple to be true method with you. In my free audio program, How to Ask the Universe for a Sign, you'll learn the simple steps to receive a clear yes-no answer from the universe within just 24 hours. No more sleepless nights, just clear answers. Visit intuitiveedge.biz sign to claim your free audio program and start your journey to certainty today. Now let's talk about elementals. What constitutes elementals to you? Well, elementals versus the Fae, they're more about, but you know, gnome can be considered an elemental because okay. it's about the earth. You know, then there's also the sylphs. Say it again. Sylphs, S-L-Y-P-H. Oh, sylph. And what's yeah. that? That's an air being. I'm trying to think. Yes. And the undines are the water beings. Oh, and so yeah. sometimes when you see the water bubbling up and it's so like joyful, like when it's flowing over the rocks, you can actually see them playing you know, in the water I, and I, in the air, you can actually see them, you know, wow. they like help the dan- dandelion puff fly. Wow. You know, they, there's the air beings are just so theoretical. Is that the word I'm looking for? I've seen the, un, how do you say undines? Yes. I think I've seen them because I, my girlfriend and I go to the Westport library and it's on the river. Mm-hmm. It's above the river. So we were tuning in to the trees in the area and whatever. And then we looked at the water and they were like jumping out of the water and play, yeah. kind of like a dolphin would, but they didn't look anything like a dolphin. They looked like mermaidish sort of, right. you know, yeah. yeah. So they come in all shapes too, in the water and the air oh, really? and everything. Yeah. But they were jumping and flipping and water was going with them and they were have they were having a great time. And I was like, what the heck is that? Yeah, that's awesome. That was quite a big surprise, but there's a lot of activity at that library. I don't know if you've ever been there, but the land around that library, there's a lot going on. Oh, oh Milford? And in Westport. Oh, okay. I'll have to check. Yeah, it's pretty amazing because I've spent a lot of time there with a friend of mine and we do, and we, you know, especially during COVID, we had to sit outside. So we would get all bundled up and we'd go sit outside and overlook the river and we had a lot of interesting experiences there talking to different elementals. Are the she and the fae the same? Like I said, they're more like royalty of the fae. So the fae covers everything. Oh. I mean, you can even, I think, and that's in my opinion, there's so many other opinions out there, so don't hold it to me. But for me, when I say the fairy or the fae, to me, that covers the elementals, that covers everything that's beyond our world, that magical place. But the she are, so where they came about was they were like, they were living over in Ireland. They had a fight with the Malaysians. Before that, it was this other group. But the Malaysians were actually humans and they lost the battle. So the deal was that they would live underground in fairy mounds while the Malaysians lived above grounds. So that's why they're in the other world is because they lost this battle and they come out of these fairy wraths in Ireland. This is the, yes. the mythology and they're really magical. They have a lot of different powers. That's what she means is like a mound from the mound. Oh, I never knew that. So the fairies include the little pretty ones with the wings too. Yes. And I've seen those. They're adorable. They call, are those pixies, those teeny ones like that? 
you know, I don't know. I've never given them a name. I've never, because there are pixies and brownies and I have seen little beings in my house. <laughs> my husband, you know, I, I make sure that I put things away before he gets home. But sometimes I hear, you know, like if I'm making a piece of toast that they would like some, so I'll put out like a glass of milk and a piece of toast with butter. That's really you funny. Know. Yeah, like an offering. I'll just leave it out there for a few hours, you know. And I've actually, I bought from an organic market some homemade scones once. And I put them around outside of the house for the fae was my offering. And the next day I went out and they were all gone. Because, you know, the wildlife came and ate them too. And I went out to my mailbox. And it was like almost this time of year, like November, when there are no more bugs. It been even later. There might not have even been any leaves left on my shrubs. Um, I have a hedge in front of my house. And I'm pretty sure it was empty of leaves. Went out to the mailbox and I opened it. And as I looked up, there was like 40 little white moths that did this beautiful, like choreographed little dance in front of me. And I'm like, looking around, I'm like, can anybody else see this? Wow. (laughs) And I was like, why don't I have my phone on me? You know? And I heard it was in gratitude for the gifts that I had left. Wow. Well, that's like when I was in my garden talking to the zinnia and talking to all the plants and just expressing my gratitude for a beautiful harvest and a beautiful bounty and appreciating their beauty and what they had to offer going on and on a moment of gratitude. And I had these two little orange moths come and sit on my arm and dance. Like they were synchronized. And my first was like, what are you doing? Like I, I was so freaked that they were sitting on my arm. They don't do that. They're sitting on my arm. They did a little dance and they flew away in a synchronized pattern. And I was like, oh, look at that. I felt like they came to acknowledge me. And that's what yes. I think that's what they were saying to you, right? They were like, yes. Hey, thanks for the scones. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Let me ask you, this is to me, this is all fun and everything. But what do you get out of that? What comes to you as a result or what have you learned? Well, sometimes my heart just gets filled and sometimes it's beautiful messages, you know, because if you go out with gratitude and I've also had, this is going to sound weird. One time I went out and I had to hurt my back somehow. And I heard to lay on the grass in a certain spot in front of my garden. So I did. As I lay there, I saw a blue being underneath the earth, how somebody would swim in water and pulling things out of my back. So I waited and I just laid in the sun and I could I could see this all going on. I'd never seen this being before. It doesn't have a name, you know. I never ask. I'm not curious like you, I guess. I don't ask the right, right questions, but I felt like it was all done. I got up and I had no more back issue. Wow. I mean, there's something called fairy doctoring. I don't know if that's what that was. That's also something Jane Burns talks about. I really would like to dive into that more and find out what that is. Yeah. They're here to help with the plants. So they help with the herbs. When I make things like flower essences, one time my neighbor, his wife had just died unexpectedly. It was the time of year where the magnolias are in bloom. And so there are different things that I had in my yard. And I was just drawn for no particular reason to make flower essences. And all four things turned out to be just what he needed. Wow. And yeah, there were magnolias. I couldn't find a description of them anywhere. And then I I heard that they were for betrayal because he felt betrayed. And, you know, there was bleeding heart. You know, there were a few other things. But it's just interesting because I have made flower essences and I've asked and I've sat with the plants and they tell you what they're for. So the plants are about healing. 
And the elementals are the ones helping to bring the magic into the plants. And I've also heard when I make the herbalism, like there's these people that are so science minded. And I hear when I say something like, oh, I have to do it this certain way, that they, they like laugh at me. Only you humans think like that. We've been doing this dance for hundreds of years. You know, that's just not true. We know what we're capable of. And they just like mock and laugh, you know, like that's so ridiculous. Yeah. All right, so they help with the plants. The plants have a healing benefit. They offer healing benefit and they fill your heart. Like you feel love or gratitude or what does your heart get filled with? I don't know. I guess I kind of feel whole. It just, sometimes I just, just sob. It's just profound. Is it like, oh, I'm a part of everything? Yeah, I don't know. But it's that part of me that was missing, I think. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. A part of you that was missing. Yeah. And it's like, all of a sudden, it just feels like, I don't know, my heart just opens up and just get my cup gets filled. Yeah. Probably because you're connected to everything. When you go out there, you're filled with gratitude and you're asking to see them and connect, then you are connected with everything. And we are all connected. There is only oneness and it's just our human lens that keeps us feeling so separate. Yes, that's true. So that makes total sense to me that you would feel full and full of joy and feel like that missing piece is back in there because then you're connected with all that is. Yeah, and I've done it for hundreds of lifetimes. You mentioned something about fairy portals, and what did you want to say about that? Once there was this woman who sent out an email, she had been contacted that the fairies wanted portals opened throughout the United States. And uh, she sent out how to do it on what days and what the intention was. So I went out in the woods. I was at a friend's cabin that we used to stay at, log cabin, and it had a lot of acreage. And we went out to this certain spot where my husband was going to set up a hunting blind. And while he was busy scoping out the area, I did the fairy portal unknowns to him. So (laughs) about a year later, we're traipsing through those same woods and we're coming up from a different direction. So I didn't realize where we were. Uh, My husband points off to the right and he says, oh my gosh, look at that. And I look over to my right and there is a circle of leaves circling sideways about three feet off the ground. Like parallel to the parallel. Yes, parallel to the earth. And I looked over and I said to him, oh my gosh, is this where you were going to set up that hunting blind? And he's like, yeah, it is. Why? And I said, oh, that's where I opened my fairy portal. And he looked so stunned. Yeah, totally stunned. And I was so happy. They were letting me know that, you know, that they were grateful. Oh my gosh. That's, you know, when you physically, when you see something physical and not just in your mind's eye that I don't know if it would freak me out or blow me away or captivate me I'm not really sure but what did they want the portals open for like you know people talk about portals as oh it's dangerous you want to close the portals but they wanted portals open so what was that yeah. about? Do you know so they could interact I guess more my understanding is that they want to bridge the gap between the fairy and humans okay. and but that's more here in the United States Because when I went, well, I was 26 years ago, I went to Ireland and got married. But about six years ago for my 20th anniversary, we were heading over and I was so excited because at this point I, you know, knew all about fairies and worked with them. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to really, you know, meet some really cool fairies in Ireland. And I heard a definite, do not connect with any fairies over there. Don't go out of your way to try to 
to stir the pot at all. They were afraid because I was so nervous connecting here and the more mischievous ones. Over in Ireland, there's a history. It's like almost an ongoing war between humans and fairies. It's not a war, but it's they got blamed for a lot of things. Mm. That was another question that was on my mind. It's like recently I was doing a group and I said something about the Fae and the fairies. And somebody said, oh, why would you want to have anything to do with that? On Wikipedia, it says they're evil and they're mischievous, dark creatures. And I'm like, what? And I talked to an Irish medium once and she was going on and on about how they stayed away from the fairy. And she was saying that the Fae did all kinds of stuff too. But I must like wondering, why do they have such a bad rap? Yeah, it's because in Ireland, well, that's, you know, where the Tuatha de Danann, you know, were sent below. They lost the war with the Malaysians, which were humans, and they worked side by side, and it was all good in the beginning, but the fairies taught the humans some of their magic and, you know, different things. But then something happened where it just started falling apart, and they started accusing, you know, so if a cow died, oh, you know, you're cursed oh. by the fairies. If the milk went sour, it was the fairies' fault. And it just became this thing, and they became embittered. So I think that's where the mischievousness came in. You know, and humans got to be mean. And so they replied in kind. But today, from what I, I've never encountered anything truly mean here. I was cleaning up at the Audubon, weeding, and I had some vinegar to spray on the weeds around in the encampment where the, the birds of prey that are injured are. Yeah. And so I was in there doing that. And I kept on hearing there were those little false strawberries on the ground. Yeah. And I kept on hearing like not to spray them. And I was just like in this zone. And I sprayed it a couple of times. And then when I bent over to go get something, I got kicked in the butt and fell on my face. I was cracking up because I knew. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I I thought it was hysterical. And I'm like, I am so sorry. I just zoned out. I didn't mean to. I know you told me. So um, that was the only, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So I've always had really good encounters. Wow. So they're, so maybe they're not angry over here in the U.S. because we don't have that much history with the Fae. Yeah, it's a whole different energy. And, you know, Ireland, I don't know how old. So we know, it, right. Yes, yes. And here we're still a very young country. Yeah. Well, a young country from a Western world perspective, but... Yeah. I mean, as a real country, but it was still the, right. the Native Americans. Oh, yeah, the Native Americans, though, worked. They never worked against it. You right. know what I mean? And they had what they call the little people. They had their own terms. Do they? I think it's called the little people. I have to look for sure. But different tribes, you know, different names. I mean, that's, they've seen been seen throughout the world. They all just have different names. Cool. This is really a weird story, but I sort of like your input on it in case there's anything fairy going on here. I was walking with my husband, and this was years ago, in a park that had like trails. It was fall, and we'd gone on a long walk, and I don't know, I was just drawn to this big rock, and I'm like, hey, let me just sit here for, you know, three minutes and meditate. So he was like, okay. So I get up on the rock, and I sit there, and I don't know what plane this was on, but I fell through the rock and I fell under the ground and I was like, whoa. And I ended up in these rooms. They were like tunnel rooms underground and I'm, there's offices like, 
and there's this mole like you know moles are these little teeny things are like two three inches long or something this thing was human size mole and it was like a cartoon in a way he had like little wire rim glasses on and he had a business suit on although the jacket part was off but he had a white button down shirt with the sleeves rolled up and he was at his desk and he's standing up reading the paper and I show up and he closes the paper and he goes, let me tell you what you need. And he starts talking about vitamins and I'm like, what the heck is, and so he told me vitamins I needed and vitamins my husband needed. I can't remember a thing cause I was so flipped out. And then when he was done, whoop, I went back up and I was like, whoa, I never had anything weird like that happen. I'm like, what the heck was that? Any ideas? <laughs> Well, all I can say is sometimes they shape shift and it could be also a form of fairy doctoring, right? I don't know enough about fairy doctoring, but I mean, he was prescribing for mm -hmm. you. So, but they do shape shift. I've seen them change form, you know, so I think that's super cool. It, I really do. It's just so odd because of all things, a mole, I mean, I get it. It's underground, moles dig underground. He's reading the paper. He looks like a businessman. What the heck was going on? I was not on any mushrooms or drugs. <laughs> but that was like a shamanic journey too. It you know? was I mean, like a shamanic journey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's super cool. So what would you tell people in terms of if they want to see the elementals or see the flower spirits or the dryads or the stone people or the trolls or all the things that you see, like, what would you recommend? How do you do it? Like you did, you just said you were ready to see them. I just, I think just be connected with nature. Come from an honest place in your heart of love. And I think one of my very first, now that I'm remembering, one of my very first encounters before I saw anything was going into the woods with the moss in the springtime, how vibrant green it is. And it's like a carpet. I put my hand on it. And I heard, oh, what's the word, from a Gulliver's Travels. Lilliputians? Yes, it was along that line. And I was like, what is that? I know that word, but I'd never like followed Gulliver's Travels. I'd never read it. I never saw the movie except for the clip where, you know, the little people were pinging down the big guy. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, and I was like, oh, you know, so everybody's different. Some of us have some clairs better than others. So whatever way it comes to you. But my first encounter was hearing, hearing them speak to me. Everyone's different. Yes, everyone is. Really? Yeah. And some people hear first and some people see first. And you right. might even see only in your mind's eye, not with your actual physical eyes. But, you know, you're right. kind of seeing it, but it's an image in your mind rather than, in, you know, solid in front of you. And be what? in trust. I was very skeptical, thinking I was just making it up. That you would always come across as something of a surprise. And I'd be like caught totally off guard. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh. The one thing that stands out to me the most is when I first moved into this house and I was trying to plant some flowers in the front yard, I saw a footprint, one footprint, a little boot print, three inches long. And so it depressed the grass. I didn't see the boot. I just saw the evidence of the boots bending the grass. And I was like, whoa, what's happening here? So it depressed the grass and then it slowly sprung back up because it had walked away, you know, and I was like, that's too weird. <laughs> 
and that that's was, so awesome that was and that i saw with my physical eyes that was nothing yeah. in my mind's eye you know most of them i see in my mind not in physically but i did a ton of reading and i was just captivated with all this because i read tons and tons about findorn garden in scotland yeah. where they talk to the nature spirits and the elementals and the plant divas and the overlighting divas and everything to get grow 40 pound cabbages like all kinds of wild and crazy things happened in the 70s in that garden then i read uh, a lot of other things like the elves of lily hill farm and i read some things by janice halliwell so i've read a lot of her stuff talking to pan and for some reason vineyards a lot of people have find action in the vineyards there's a lot going on you know they like to party too <laughs> that, that must be the answer <laughs> that's pretty funny so that is something that got me fascinated and i think that facilitated my interest and ability to connect because i read about so many people who wrote about their experiences and i think yeah. that gave me the impetus the wherewithal to imagine that maybe i could do it too so i think you've seen yes. quite a bit more than i have but that's fine there's no competition we're both just trying to connect with that other aspect of what's happening in the world and it's fun and it's magical and I love it. Yeah, it is. It's very fun. So um, thank you so much for sharing your experiences today. And maybe we've inspired some people to go outside and talk to nature, right? Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Barb. Thank you so much, Ronnie. It was a lot. You're of so awesome. Thank you for joining me in this sacred space on your journey to clarity and spiritual growth. If you're at a crossroad in the middle of a life crisis or challenge, try intuitive coaching or book an intuitive or past life reading at intuitiveedge.biz. Enjoyed our time together? Please rate, review, and share this podcast with a friend to spread the magic. Until next time, this is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic. Magic.